welcome back to Take Time with Maeve Atchison. I'm just going to dive straight into it today because I'm so excited about the guest that I have on today. I am joined by Penelope Winters, author of Finding a Guy Like Gilbert, which is a beautiful book. I, I really loved reading it. Um, it's a dating manifesto. It's, it's kind of like a self-help, I suppose, woman's guide to finding love and attracting the right love into your life. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about, about relationships in general, about the book, um, and I'm so excited. So Penelope, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, you're very welcome. I first off just want to say congratulations on the book. It's brilliant. I loved it. Um, so you must be, I hope you're absolutely delighted with yourself. Yeah, I'm pleased with it. Yeah. Good, good. Um, so yeah, as I said, just to give people a little bit of background about the book, it is kind of a self-help book, but I suppose it's, you know, it's, it's done. I love how it's done. It's kind of like a guide, like a almost step-by-step to women to, to kind of bring love into their lives. Um, and I suppose it's aimed towards women who maybe have been feeling a little bit hopeless in finding love. But I also think there's like lovely gems and nuggets in there for anyone in terms of your confidence, your self-esteem and, you know, what you should be looking for in a relationship. So I think it's a really good read for for anyone, but I suppose, would you say that it's more aimed at women who are feeling a bit hopeless in love? Yeah, well, I suppose I wrote it out, obviously at a time when I had already met um, my husband, um, but I was on maternity leave and I was suffering a bit with anxiety and my husband was always sort of encouraging me to kind of channel my energies into something, you know, something, something positive when I felt that, when I was feeling that way. And he was actually the one to suggest writing a dating book because I love dating shows and anything like that. I just love so um yeah but i wrote it um i wrote it for um women who have just come to despair of ever finding love and you know there are lots of women out there who you know um who have just had negative experiences and who arrive at a place in their life maybe if they're, they're even their 30s where they haven't had a serious relationship and they just it's really worn down their self-esteem and and how they view themselves so the idea of the book was to give hope back to these women and starting with hope with the with the intention of that hope kind of growing to expectation because I part of the book you know um, an important part of the book message is that we tend to get in life what we expect and why it's really really important to actually start expecting love to come into your life yeah i love that and i really loved that from the book i mean from the very start you kind of talk about affirmations and manifesting what you want into your life i think that's really important in all aspects and um, but i suppose i had never really thought about it specific so specifically for love and it just makes so much sense and mm. it's beautiful like to think about how you're, you're putting out there what you what you want to get back um, in life and in a relationship. And I loved that. Um, for anyone who hasn't read the book yet, you know, finding a guy like Gilbert, who is Gilbert? What What is that Gilbert that we're all looking for? Well, Gilbert is the main, um, the male protagonist in Anne of Green Gables, which a lot of people will be, a lot of people will be familiar with the series of novels by L. M. Montgomery, and then the younger generation will be familiar with um, the Netflix Anne with an E series, which you said yourself you started yeah. watching. 
night. Um, but um, so I first saw that film when I was, I would say, 10 or 11. And um, it was a wonderful Channel 4 adaptation. And I went on then to read the books. But Gilbert, to go back to, to, go back to Gilbert, Gilbert is a really nice guy. And I, the definition I give of Gilbert is a nice guy who likes you back. And I think it's really important that women start to recognise um, why they are attracted to men who don't like them back. And to actually make the effort, make a conscious effort to take it as a compliment when a nice guy shows interest in you instead of thinking, oh, there must be something wrong with him if he likes me. You know, which I've said myself, I've thought myself, and I, I had a lovely friend who said it once, you know, I always think there must be something wrong with him. What's wrong with him if he likes me? Such an awful thing to say about yourself. But I think it's, it's, it's often our default reaction if someone shows interest. Oh, I mean, if, if he was that special, what's he doing? You know, why is he interested in me? So it's about sort of cultivating that. Um, and um, and finding that Gilbert Gilbert is sweet, he's kind, he's completely devoted to Anne, and um, she almost misses her opportunity because she's oh I don't want to give away the I don't want to give away the series, but um, I think we all know it will end it will end well, but um, it's just about finding so, so instead of going for those sort of um, you know those archetypes like Mr Darcy, um, who is cold and forbidding, um, and other sort of uh, like in the um, Bridget Jones, the the character who is played by Hugh Grant, um, who is lots of fun but has no substance and treats um, you know Bridget poorly. It's about actually finding a guy who likes you attractive and seeing how wonderful that actually feels as opposed to the back and forth, you know, the, 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 the tug and pull, what's the expression? I can't yeah. think of it. But of, of, of being involved with someone who isn't really interested. Yeah. And I think like, I think that is so relatable. I've definitely found it really relatable and I could put, think of so many instances with friends where exactly mm-hmm. the sentence, like he's too nice came out of their mouths. Mm-hmm. You know, he just, he's too into me. And like, when you think that's such an awful thing to you know, crazy thing to say, an awful thing to say. Um, but yeah, I really love how you, you do, you delve right into that side of things. Um, and I suppose, you know, I'm a trainee therapist, so I'm really interested in the psychology side of things. And, you know, I love that you looked at it. It's like, well, why do we look negatively upon someone who likes us? Like, what is that about? And um, I just think it, it was really, I suppose parts of that was really confronting you know, it's like, oh God, yeah, you do really need to look at yourself. Um, but that's why I think it's so important. I think it's such a good book for any, for any woman to read because even if you are in a relationship and you're happy or you're single and you're happy, I think it's really good to look and look back and say, oh, okay, why did things go that way? Or why was I attracted to a certain kind of man? Um, but when you mentioned that kind of, you know, the cold man that a lot of women, you know, find attractive and it's, you know, the Mr. Darcy. Um, you mentioned the book, you know, quoting Maya Angelou to, to say like when someone shows you who they are believe them and mm-hmm. just that really stuck out to me because it's so true I think we can spend years running around these people thinking that we can change them or we, if we could just do this we could get them to commit or be emotionally available or show us love in the way we want um, and I just I, I loved that it's both that and when you mentioned um you know, you can't force someone to love you the way you, or you can't demand that someone loves you the way you want to be loved. So while you can have open communication there, 
um, and talk about what your expectations are and what you want. You can't make someone love you the way you want them to love you. you know? mm-hmm. Exactly. And nor would you want to. You want somebody to love you as you are, you know, um, without having to, um, you know, lay down strict rules or, you know, you want it to be natural. Um, and um, yeah. Absolutely. And that made me think of, you know, that piece about the way people love you. That made me think of the love languages. Have you ever done the love? Are you familiar with the love languages of the love language quiz? No, I'm not. I don't. It sounds familiar, but I don't think I've done the quiz. Yeah. So like there's a bit of homework for you, you can do later yeah. on. Little quiz you can do online and it, um, you can do it like you can actually do it with your partner. You can do it with your kids um, or you can do it with friendships. But it's, it's about how you kind of um, give and receive love. So I think there's, there's five or six of them. It's like words of affirmation, gift giving, acts of service, physical touch. Uh, I'm forgetting one. but um, but, it, you know, it's about how you, you give and receive love. So it's interesting because while you can't, you know, demand that someone changes, I definitely think know of a lot of people who've used the love languages to, to communicate the way that they love mm-hmm. their partner and say, okay, when you fill the car with diesel, you know, um, you think that you're doing something for me, which is active service and you're showing me your love. But really, I want you to come into the house and tell me that you love me, you know, and it's, it's really interesting. So that just made me think of that um, mm-hmm. part of the book. So in terms of, I suppose you, you touched in the book on um, Louise Hay and affirmations and attracting into your life what you, what you want. Was, I, and you mentioned, I think you, did you go on a, a Louise Hay course? Was it a word? Yeah. Yeah. Was, I did a 10 week course. Um, amazing. And once a week, just um, a night course. And um, it was amazing. It was life changing. Yeah. It was, was the first step. Yeah. And was like, was that your first kind of, I suppose, introduction into affirmations and manifestation or was it something you kind of looked at before? Well, I had looked at it before, but I had never, I never practiced it and never taken it really seriously. I might have, you know, spent a few days saying a positive information, affirmation if I wanted something in particular, but as part of the course, you know, almost the prescription was to take three affirmations and to write them out three times a day, 10 times each. And um, I just found it really um, empowering because, um, you know, you actually, without actually going out into the world and doing anything, you actually feel, well, from the comfort of my armchair, I am, you know, making a small difference. I am bringing that person you know, just that one step closer to me every time I affirm. And um, so, um, yeah, I, I, I really, um, you know, cannot say enough about um, affirmations um, and I still use them, not as, you know, intensely as I did, but um, at the time, but, you know, you know, and, and in the book, I also give some of my own affirmations because I like writing them myself, because if you're going to say them, it has to be something that reflects what you want and that makes you feel good. Because part of the whole thing about, you know, attracting someone or something into your life is actually feeling it now rather than waiting for it to happen and then feeling good. Now, I know it's hard to do, but even if you can, just get in that zone for a few minutes a day and whatever it takes, whether it's writing affirmations or doing some meditation or visualization, um, just, you know, 
if, if someone who, who is looking to meet somebody, if you visualize, for example, you're in Dublin, he's in Wicklow and, you know, he's a good bit away. But every time you say your affirmations or you do your meditation, you're drawing him a little bit closer energetically. And it's empowering because you feel, well, I'm, you know, I've actually done something today. I'm, I might not have gone out and, you know, I might not have socialized or put myself in a situation where I, I could meet um, a man, but I've done something, I've, I've done some work on myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's just really, really important. The feeling part of it is huge. Um, the, um, I suppose the analogy I would use is that Christmas, you know, Christmas is going to come at the end of December. You can get excited about it in November, October, September, even for a few minutes a day, because you know that it's coming no matter what. And when you feel that way about some, you're not some, something, you don't panic. You're not desperate. You don't keep checking, you know, unless you're a kid, you know, how many weeks till Christmas? It will Christmas still be on the 25th. Will we get presents? Will we put up a Christmas tree? Because you know that it's going to happen. You expect it. Um, and often the run up is just as much fun as the actual day and oftentimes more. So that's what I really sort of encourage people to do is get excited now and think of it like Christmas, that it's definitely coming and you don't have to keep checking in, you know, um, you know, same as if you booked a holiday, well, you probably would now with the coronavirus, but if you'd booked your holiday in times past and it was for June, you wouldn't have to ring up the, the airline or the hotel or the travel agent every week saying, am I still booked in for that now? Or keep checking your passport, it's still in date, you know, because you know what's going to happen. And that is an energy that attracts somebody in because you're just relaxed and you don't want it too much because you know it's inevitable and you'll just let it come to you in its own good time. Yeah, I'm like, there's so much of that that I'm like, there's so many directions I want to go with that. But something that I love what you touched on there is, you know, I'm hearing a lot at the moment, if people are single, because of COVID-19, they feel that they, they can't do anything. You know, I know it's lessening now. People, Some people are going on dates and things now, but look, that's, that's everyone's figuring that out, navigating through that. But people feel like they can't do anything. And, you know, I want to be in a relationship. I can't actively go out and meet someone. And I love that in the book, it's like, well, you can actively do something. You can prepare yourself for, mm -hmm. you know, what you want in a relationship, what you want in life. You can actively like, you know, use affirmations to draw that love mm -hmm. into your life. So I love that because it is, I think that's a big thing for people at the moment. They feel like they can't do something tangible and um, mm -hmm. work towards this goal that they have. So I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's like an, it's like an enforced break. You know, um, but um, as you say there, it is a wonderful opportunity to, um, you know, look at it as sort of a, a hiatus. I have two months, you know, or, or however long this is going to go on for if we go into lockdown again to really get myself at my best, you know, feeling the best, you know, possible about myself. Exactly. And, you know, and as you said, like, it, it isn't easy. You know, it's it sounds kind of sounds easy. Just think of an affirmation and do it daily, but it is a commitment. And um, I made a, a commitment at the start of the kind of lockdown to try my best to do daily affirmations. So um, I'm gratitude. So I do my, you know, three things I'm grateful for every day. Um, but then I have actually Louise Hay power thought cards. So I put those every day and I read that and I write it out. 
I have my attitude journal and I write that into it. And then, you know, if I'm working from home that day, obviously, which I was during the lockdown, you know, bring the card down so I could see it for the whole day. Um, and what's really interesting is like, it's a really big, you know, deck of cards and there's obviously plenty of cards in there that I haven't pulled yet. I have pulled some of the same cards repeatedly. And oh. I was like, okay, well, this is, you really need to focus on this. You know, it's not just your energy is being drawn to that card. And I, I've done everything I shuffled. Cause at the start I was kind of going, this is weird. And then I, you know, you trust, you're like, okay, well, this is something you need to focus on. It's something that you feel is important whether you've been drawn to it or maybe you haven't given enough attention to it yet. Um, so I do think it's really powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the thing about it is, is to enjoy the process because um, if you look at it as a chore or something, you know, that I, that I have to do, look at it as, as an enjoyable thing. I mean, the thing you're looking to draw closer, you're actually, you know, you're magnetizing that person to you, you know, with every repetition. So it should be a joy, you know, yeah. and something you look forward to. Absolutely. And what I loved as well that you, you spoke about in the book is the kind of message around you can be specific about the, how, you want, how you want to feel around the partner that you're trying to draw into your life um, and how you want to feel in your relationship. But don't be specific, you don't need to be specific about he needs to be X height and have this colored hair or I need to meet him in a certain place because those, mm-hmm. uh, you're creating obstacles for yourself in that sense rather than, as you put it, see potential everywhere. Um, and I love that message because I think sometimes when people are single, they're like, right, I'm going to take the time to figure out what I want. They're making a list of like, you know, kind of, I don't want to say superficial, but the top line things that they want from someone. When really, as you said, a guy like Gilbert is kind and sweet and committed to you. And, you know, the other things you realize over time don't necessarily matter as much. So I love that message in the book. Is that really important for you? Yeah, it is. And um, you mentioned um, Maya Angelou earlier on, and I think something, um, I won't be able to remember the quote exactly, but people, it's, she says that people may forget, you know, any number of things, but they will never forget how you make them feel. And so um, it is really important after you do, I was used to do a very intense form of meditation. And again, that was hard work. That wasn't something I looked forward to because it was, it was Ananda Mandala and it was very intense in through the, I think it was in through the nose and out through the nose, in and out through the nose. And um, so it was hard work. It was 20 minutes, but you've got a kind of natural high after it. And what I would do is I would have my iPod set up to play really relaxing music after it and I would use that time then for visualization and I would visualize myself and um, with somebody but how I would feel how they how I would feel with them so they mightn't even be they might have gone out to the loo we could be in the cinema I could you could be sitting visualize yourself you know how you would feel sitting next to his coat is on the seat next to you but how you feel and how that person makes you feel and because those are the really important things and all the lists of you know he has to be this height he has to have this hair and this hairstyle and are very limiting and and um, so just if you can get into that zone where you can kind of see them slightly off camera in your visualization but you're feeling how you would feel and even when they're not around how do you feel as somebody knowing you're going home to someone or you're going to meet them the next day and as I said again getting the feeling is so important to combine the feeling with the affirmations and the visualization really magnetizes it and just makes it so much more powerful yeah absolutely and 
something I <laughs> became aware of or was reminded of when reading the book was, you know, that we have, I think we've all been guilty of as women with our friends. We've had it done to us and I think we, we do it to other people. Is that kind of accidental judgment in terms of if someone says they're interested in a certain kind of guy, maybe this is before, you know, as time goes on, if someone is, has been single for quite a long time, I think friends are a lot more encouraging. But I think, you know, when you're a bit younger, people are like, oh, really? Him with the hair? or with the, and Is he not a bit short? And I, I think I've probably done that to my friends as well as remembering times where it was done to me. And obviously we should be confident enough in our decisions and knowing how we feel about the person that it doesn't affect us. But, you know, I just, I took a moment to kind of pause and think of that. And it's like, I think that's something we need to teach women a lot earlier that, you know, someone that isn't your, you know, that you don't, doesn't ignite a fire in you will be the love of someone else's life. So, you know, keep that in mind when you speak to your friends about the people they're interested in. I just thought that was so like, I was like, oh God, check myself on that one. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's very true. Yeah, very true. So, I mean, every, as you say, everyone has, everyone has different tastes. Everyone have, has different, you know, um, that there are different things that they need, different needs and wants in the relationship. And I think it's something we all um, are, are, have been guilty of um, is sort of, particularly when you're younger, when you're a teenager, when you're in college, in your early 20s, is to pass judgment, you know, very on, some, on someone else or to, to, to actually say it or make, it, make a negative comment about somebody that your friend is interested in. But um, again, just to remind yourself, you know, you wouldn't actually say it if they're going out with them yeah. so yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah um, and I think like you know obviously something else you touched on in the book and you know is is kind of time limits or any kind of limits or parameters that we have put on ourselves when looking for love be it that we've put on ourselves that we've kind of taken from society mm. friends and family and um, so I suppose what would you say to women who feel this kind of sense of a time limit or a time parameter of at this age I have to have met this you know, perfect man, or if I want to have kids by this age, I should have met the man of my dreams by now. What would you say to those women thinking that way now? Um, well, you know, in terms of, you know, putting a sell by date, you know, over your head, that is effectively what that is is effectively the message you send out when you're going around thinking all the time i mean you can they say i mean and i'm sure it's true you can sense desperation in somebody and if somebody has you know if somebody is fast approaching 38 and in their mind 38 is the age after which your chances for marrying plummet um dramatically and they are thinking yeah no i have to meet somebody and i need this i need this um i need this target you know i need to set a date i need to meet someone and have kids before i'm 40 then it's just it just it's all wrong it just works against you your energy is all wrong you need to sort of and it's very hard to do but you need to realize that you know that you are effectively walking around with some with a sign a for sale you know a, a for sale sign on your head and there, there's nothing less attractive than that and the the, the the woman in question could very well be interested in in forming a you know a, a healthy lovely relationship but it will just come across as she's desperate and she just wants to meet anyone you know and yeah. nobody wants to nobody wants to no man wants to be in a relationship with somebody who seems desperate to settle down with anyone everyone wants to feel that they were you know chosen because they were the right person as opposed to chosen because the other person was running out of time yeah, you know absolutely definitely 
that's a really good way of putting it and I think people need to definitely kind of remember that um, but yeah exactly what you're saying and you mentioned that in, in, in your book about you know be aware of what t-shirts you're wearing through life and yeah. I love that because we I say that in my work all the time you know what you're putting out there you're, you're, what you're telling yourself about yourself where, mm-hmm. where this time limit is I always say to clients the banner that you're putting over your life and you're walking through life with that banner you're believing it other people are believing it so you have to choose what that is um, and I also think that's quite connected to when you speak about how we should talk about when and not if. Um, and I think, I think, I'm sure it happens everywhere, but I think it's a real Irish thing that we don't like to say, oh, when I get married or when I, you know, get this amazing job that I'm after, whatever it is, that we think it's, you know, you know, that we think a lot of ourselves if we say when, as if we're assuming that it's going to happen, would you mm-hmm. speak really lovely in the love lovely in the book about how that's really important and it's about trusting and believing in yourself it's not you have to trust and believe in yourself that what you want to happen is going to happen and the importance of that yeah absolutely and like we all have um friends um who um meet um men wherever they go because you know i mean you could have a friend who would go to you could have two girls who would go to the same place and one, you know, would say a place that's hard to meet um, people. You know, like I lived in Japan for a year and it's typically hard for foreign women to meet, to, to get into relationships with Japanese men. Now, the, the, the opposite is true. The Western men and the Japanese women seem to um, form relationships more easily. But it was a place that you would go and you would see a lot of um a lot of European American girls who were single and remain single for one, two, three, you know, for as long as they stay there. Um, And that was just a cultural thing. But, you know, there are, you know, I certainly have have a number of friends that I know if they had been in the same situation as me, they probably would have met somebody, um, you know, in the in within within a few weeks, and it would be the same as if they went out to a remote place in Connemara, you know, or they went out to the onto Inishmore. There'd be somebody asking them out, you know, and um, so you know. Certain people expect um, to be in relationships and they, they get it, you know, and, you know, people tend to get, as I said before, people tend to get what they expect. So, peop, so you know, and I have heard people use when before and thought, you know, oh, well, I remember talking to a girl and she was saying, you know, oh, well, I'm in the apartment now, but, you know, when I have kids, I'll need, and she wasn't even in a relationship. And I remember thinking, oh, she's a bit, um, she's a bit overly confident. Um, but that was years ago. But now I see see that actually um, she did, despite a long hiatus, um, meet somebody and settle down and have kids. But it was just something that she um, she believed would happen. So she was more a when as opposed to an if it happens. Yeah. yeah. I love that. So you touched on, you know, in situations where it might be difficult to meet men, where do you think is the best place to meet someone or the best way to meet someone? Is, is it kind of friends setting you up is that the advice you've got I know you mentioned that in the book but is that the main advice or do you think that there's any real this is a good place to meet people this isn't or is it just uh, I, do you know 
Sorry. Um, I think it's the energy that you bring to um, any situation. And I do remember um, one of the girls, um, I should probably say women, who was on the Louise Hay course with me. Um, and it wasn't that I knew her particularly well. I, I don't think I can even remember her name now, but she said something that really stuck with me and really gave me hope. And she, um, we were talking about, um, that particular night we were talking about relationships and meeting people. And I was saying how disempowered empowering it is when friends um, commiserate with you you know when they say oh I don't know how you do it oh it's so hard to meet people these days that is it's so you know if you have a friend who's single don't say that to them I had two I had two friends who were both going through difficult periods in the relationship so they both could have easily you know passed their negativity on to me or you know but I only found out you know later that they were going through a difficult phase but they were both so positive and they both reassured me they just said oh no you will definitely meet someone I think it's really really powerful when somebody else completely believes in you think of a child and the parent you know and um, the difference in terms of confidence that a child has whose parents fully believe in them so just even to have these two people who I respected and thought oh these are people I, I really respect um, and you know whose judgment um, I, I, I revere and they are saying to me that they have full confidence in me that gave me a boost as opposed to the friend who was oh, I don't know how you do it Laura it's so hard these days how do people meet now sorry back to what the girl said to me she said to me and it's, an, it's a title of one of those chapters it can happen just like that and it is so much more empowering, you know, during COVID while you're, you know, sitting in your armchair, writing affirmations or just reading a book or doing whatever you're doing. It's so much more empowering to think it can happen just like that than isn't it so hard? Because she gave me the example of her husband. She was in, she was training to be a guard and she, they were in their digs and the husband was down the corridor and yeah, he wasn't her husband, sorry, at that stage, but he was just a guy, came in, met, happened just like that. And, you know, you can say, oh, look, I've been doing the dating sites and they haven't worked and I've been doing this and that and I'm going out to pubs. But if you have the attitude, it can happen just like that. And look at the people who have that attitude and look at the results they get because they're not hanging around. They're the people who find relationships easy, you know, who fall into them, who, you know, could go on a yoga holiday with 10 women and one man and they'd be in the relationship with a man. Do you know what I mean? Um, but um, so, yeah, I think it's so important to think it can happen just like that. And it can. It could be at a bus stop. It can be in a bookshop. Most important thing is your attitude. And I don't mean to, to downplay concerns people have over, you know, oh, because I did internet dating and I was terrible at it. It just didn't work for me. So I, I met my husband through a blind date. So it's just about finding something that works for you, but just having the attitude that, you know, this is meant to happen. This will happen as surely as Christmas rolls around every year. To believe that and then your energy is completely changed. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And it's actually so kind of timely because of the last week's episode, um, we talked all about energy and how important the energy you bring into every situation is. So I think, you know, every, anyone listening, take that advice and put it right in here. You need to bring the positive energy into everything that you do. You know, even you touched on in the book, and I think it's a really good you know, thing to note for life, not just relationships, but if you're the kind of person who says like, oh, it'll be just my luck now that this won't work out. So it'll be just my luck that we'll go here and, you know, the guy will be interested in my friend or whatever it is. It's like, 
that's the energy you're putting out there. So you know, what do you, what do you expect if that's the, how you approach anything? Or if it's like, oh, it's so typical, that's all, that'll always happen to me. It will always happen to you if you keep putting that out there, you know? Um, but yeah, I love, love that what you say, like, cause I met my boyfriend on, on a dating website and people say, oh, so there's a, you know, there's a, uh, no positive story. And what's like, what's your tips? What are your tricks? I'm like, oh, I have no idea. I wasn't like a serial, you know, dating app user. I went on two um, dates from an app, six months apart. The second one happened to me, my boyfriend, and it worked out. So I was like, I don't have any like secret tips on how to use the apps and, and make it work. Um, but people seem to think that you do if you've made it happen. They're like, what's the secret? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And the secret was just you were yourself and relaxed and not playing games. Because that's another thing that I, I say in the book is that it's so important not to play games, not because of the message that you're sending to the man, but because of the message you're sending to yourself. Because, you know, it'd be like going onto the dating app and, you know, putting up your a younger 10 years younger picture of yourself or photoshopping your picture or using a folk fake picture even if you do meet him and you trick him into you know falling in love with you and you know you will always know that you had to you know um use trickery sleight of hand whatever photoshop to get his attention and um and i know some people sort of advocate using scripts so you can there are all different types of scripts you can use you know ones where you kind of make them feel uneasy ones where you make them want you more but you want to feel that as yourself you are good enough and when you play games when you kind of buy into that you're sending yourself them never mind him you're sending yourself the message i'm not good enough as i am i need to change x y and z for him to like me and then you'll always know and, um, you know, you'd always be thinking, well, if I hadn't done this, if I hadn't done that, you know, would he really have been interested? So, you know, and in terms of going out and thinking, you know, that negative thinking, oh, well, he's going to like my friend. Good. If he likes your friend, good. Good that you find out because you want someone who likes you, not somebody, you know, who doesn't. So, um, yeah. So as you said, you know, just being comfortable in yourself, in your own skin, there is nothing more attractive. I love that. And I definitely think back to you know, when I was younger and you like do get wrapped up in playing games, but even, you know, I definitely think it sends yourself, sends you the wrong message. But also like, even if, if you don't play the game and it doesn't work out, at least we can be happy in the fact that we were authentic in you know, what we did or what we said or being honest with how we felt. You know, I think there's, I think you'll, you know, it's harder to forgive yourself for kind of being, not being yourself and not being authentic to no, this is how I want to be without, without the games um, and I think you'll, you'll kind of respect yourself in the long run for having done that and been your authentic self. Um, so I love that. I, I love that. It's like, I love that in the book, don't play games and trust your, trust your instincts. Um, and I think that's so important to think we don't, so sometimes we don't do it enough. I, I, for me, a lot of, I could see a lot of, you know, women I know in this book and myself in it, in the insecurities that we have um, and the times that we don't have confidence and then we don't trust our gut and we're looking for opinions from anyone that will give them to us until we get the one that we want. Um, but it's really like tune into what you believe, what you feel, what you think and trust your gut instinct and stop looking for that externally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I thank you so much for joining me. Is there any parting wisdom you'd like to leave us with today? 
Um, oh, let me, um, let maybe me. you've covered it all. Give us every insight in there. I think, I think I have, um, covered it all. Maybe I'm, I know that somebody, I remember, um, um, the Louise Hay teacher saying that people will take you at your highest estimation of yourself and no higher. So, you know, just to think about how you view yourself and maybe, you know, I need to actually start acknowledging, you know, that, you know, I have, I, I am a, a nice person, I'm attractive, I'm this, that, you know, positive things um, about yourself. And um, as I said before, just feeling the excitement now because it is going to happen. And make sure your affirmations are in the present tense. Yes, yeah. that's a great. Okay, everyone, yeah. we're going to repeat that. Make sure your affirmations are in the present tense. Okay, I want to make yeah. sure everyone does that. But listen, yeah. anyone who hasn't yet, I want them to go and buy the book. It's a brilliant read. Um, recommend it to your friends and I'm going to tag your Instagram page um, as well but it's finding a guy like Gilbert I just love it because there's the beautiful illustrations some of which are in the book as well and um, I love the one that's that's about um, you know pay for therapy not lip filler I was like yes yeah. <laughs> oh, I love yeah. it so there's beautiful illustrations there on Instagram as well so thank you so much for joining me Penelope and thank you all for listening <laughs> Yeah.